when I say it's been a journey to get to where I am today, I really mean it. <laughs> it has been a journey. Whether you want to call me a social media manager, a social media strategist, a coach, course creator, author, there are many sort of careers, jobs that I go by. It didn't all start so shiny. And the reason why I wanted to record today's podcast episode is because, number one, I know there's been some awesome new people joining my community in recent months. So I wanted to do a bit of a reintroduction and talk about my story. But also, I think it's so easy these days to get caught in a comparison trap on social media by comparing yourself to someone else who is further along in their journey. To look at me four years down the track and see my podcast, my book, you know, these speaking events, a second business, like all of these things happening and be like, wow, Alan is so successful. How could I ever do that? Or I can't match that or just feeling a little bit insecure because you see all the things that I'm achieving. And I just want to real talk right now. And I want to explain to you, like, this has been a journey to get here. How many times am I going to say journey in this, this podcast episode? Oh my gosh. Take a shot every time I say journey. <laughs> no, just kidding. Um, but for me, it didn't start off like this. And a lot of people find me now four years into my journey and they think everything is perfect. And they then wonder why it's not so easy for them. Why is it so hard to gain this many followers, to get this many clients, to charge X amount for my work? And that is because four years ago, I was in the same position as you, where I had no experience, where I had no idea what I was doing, <laughs> where I was overwhelmed, where I was miserable working in my corporate job. And the life that I'm living now was just a dream and it did not seem achievable or attainable in any way. So we're going to take a walk down memory lane today a bit of a reintroduction for those who are new and hopefully a really inspiring episode for those who might be feeling a little bit stuck and a little bit overwhelmed with the journey that is entrepreneurship right now. Welcome to the Dishing Up Digital Podcast. I'm your host, Alan, a former nine to five escapee turned six figure business owner. This is your place to learn everything there is to know about building your dream life and career as a social media manager. Whether you're just starting out and feeling lost and confused, or you want to take your current business to the next level and double your income, this is the podcast for you. Social media is such a powerful platform and it's enabled me to book out my services and smash the six-figure milestone with only 3,000 Instagram followers. So grab a cup of tea, coffee, a glass of rosé with me, and let's turn those dreams into a reality. So we're going to wind the clock back all the way to 2018. You know, I always thought 2018 was not that far away, but it's, what's that, over five years now or five years? You know, I had a moment yesterday, actually, or the other day, the last week, that I, I suddenly dawned upon me that it's been 10 years since I graduated high school. 10 years since I graduated. 10 years since I sat in the classroom in school. That is wild to me. So happy 10 years to the 2013 class of OHS, uh, LAC for life. Kidding. Only people that went to my high school will understand that. Anyway, we're getting sidetracked. So going back to 2018, I was working in a job 
in my dream job, actually, as a journalist and not just any journalist. I was working for magazines and I was technically what you'd call an entertainment reporter. So, no, I wasn't a hard-hitting news journalist, okay, guys? That was never really my goal. I, I did love that. I have so much appreciation, even to this day, for journalists and the hard work that they do. But my passion from when I was 13 was always to work in some kind of glossy magazine. I wanted to be the next editor-in-chief at Vogue. That was the, the dream. That was the vision. That was the life I was wanting to work, work towards. And... That had been my dream since I was about 13 and everything that I did from the age of 13 up until what would I have been 1920 when I started working in magazines, every decision was working towards that. So I always talk about I was a big nerd in high school. I literally went to one house party in my entire time in high school. Number one, because I didn't really get invited to many parties because I was a little bit of a nerd and a little bit of an outsider. Number two, because I went to one and I was like, this is awful. I was like, everybody's drunk. Um, I don't want to drink because that's embarrassing. <laughs> you know, I like to, you know, I have to see these people at school on Monday. Like, oh, I'm not going to be that person <laughs> who's off my face drunk in front of them. Number two, because like that just wasn't what excites me. Like even today, like as a, what am I, 27 year old, I love to spend my Saturday nights playing board games with, you know, my sister, with my friends and playing Fortnite on the PlayStation. Like I'm not, I'm an absolute nerd guys. Like I'm just really exposing myself in this episode. You guys think I'm so cool. I'm just a nerd. I'm a straight up nerd. But regardless, I also made a lot of sacrifices in that I didn't go to parties like that because I was focused on my schoolwork. Um, I would often go do extra work in class during my lunch breaks. I remember very vividly, you know, turning down dates with my boyfriend because I had to study. I remember turning down, you know, family holidays. My family went on this amazing trip to Dunedin, which is where my great grandparents and grandparents were from. And it was an awesome family trip. I missed out on that because I was like, sorry, guys, exams are three weeks away. I'm studying. So everything about my life was working towards this dream. And that is why it was so difficult for me when I realized I didn't love my job. I was living the dream. I was an entertainment writer. I got to go to movie premieres. I got to go to the music awards, interview people on the red carpet, hang out with celebrities, go to glamorous photo shoots, get free makeup from the beauty editor, go on trips overseas. I went to Los Angeles and interviewed Will I Am. Like who gets to do that? That is insanely cool. I got put up in this fancy hotel. I got taken out to Nobu. Like this little New Zealand girl from like the bottom of the world doing stuff like this. It was wild. And to be fair, it's not like I sat there interviewing Will I Am being like, I hate my job. <laughs> like when you're in those moments, you love your job, right? <laughs> Having a private dinner with Will Will I Am after interviewing him at his like offices. Crazy. But what I'm trying to paint here is the picture of how much of a dream life this was, but behind the scenes, behind the flashy events, behind the flashy photo shoots, I just wasn't happy. And it's not to say this was a terrible job. It just wasn't the job for me. And I'd spent literally years and years of my life hyping this up as the dream job. This was it. This is what you're going to do. This is your career. And I could just have a, a whole other conversation about you know, 13 year olds being forced to choose their career path at such a young age, you know, choosing your subjects in school to get you into university, all of that pressure, I think is just crazy and stupid. But it wasn't until I was actually in the job and I realized I was waking up every day and I didn't want to go to work. 
and I want to get out of bed. And I did it because, you know, I was an overachiever and I was still excellent at my job. I was still a good writer as well. I did really well. My editors loved my work and, you know, I was never going to flake and, you know, have sick days just because I was sad. That wasn't my work ethic. But it was just this question that really started to bubble up in 2018 of surely there's more to life than this. And I think especially being like a, a millennial and, you know, growing up with our parents, a lot of people can probably relate in that their parents had one job. Like they worked in the same place for 20, 30 years or my dad didn't so much and he had his own business for a period of time, which is, you know, part of what inspired me to do my own thing. But for a lot of people, our parents are kind of like, ah, you don't have to enjoy work. You've just got to pay the bills. This is what's being, this is what being an adult is like. Like everybody's tired. Not everybody likes their job, but you know, this is what you've got to do. You've got to grow up. That was kind of the attitude that I felt like I was surrounded by, not just like my parents, but extended family, other sort of adult role models in my life. You know, even people who I worked with, you could tell like they didn't enjoy their lives, but that was what they'd been doing for 20 years. You know, that, that was just what was done. And I really started to question this. My question was, you know, I want to have a job that's creatively fulfilling, that gets me excited to, you know, get out of bed almost every day. We all have our bad days. You know, last Friday I was like, oh my God, I cannot do any work. I'm struggling. I don't feel good, you know. But Monday, wake up. I'm excited. I'm ready to go. The majority, four out of five days of the week, <laughs> I'm really happy. But I, I really started to question whether, you know, I could have a job like that. Because it felt like everyone around me was just settling for the subpar life of four, four weeks a year, annual leave, bit of break over Christmas and Easter. Otherwise, you're miserable working and you live for your holidays, but you only get four weeks, right? So I started researching other jobs. And in particular, I started looking at digital and remote jobs. And a big start part of my, my journey and my story was the relationship I was in at the time. And I have talked about this in my very, very first podcast episode, which I would have recorded a year and a half ago. Um, and this relationship was a long distance one. This was my high school sweetheart. So we had dated for a long time. Then he moved to another part of the country and we continued doing long distance. So for me... That was such a crucial part of my story because it motivated me to look into how I could work remotely because I couldn't get a job where he was living and I wanted to move. I wanted to move in and live with him. And I always think it's so funny. Like for me, this is such a life happens how everything's meant to happen or everything that happens is meant to be, whatever you know motto saying you want to roll with. And the interesting thing was this relationship, if I hadn't been dating that person, if I hadn't been doing a long distance relationship, I don't know that I would have had the motivation to keep pursuing my own business. Because in 2018, I exhausted every remote job that was available. This is pre-COVID. So there were like two companies in New Zealand <laughs> that offered remote working. And I did, I did an interview with one. I remember it so vividly. I was so excited. And it was for an in-house social media manager role. And I was so confident that I was going to get it. And of course, I did one tiny phone interview and then got rejected because I didn't have enough experience. And I kept sort of chipping away, applying for other jobs, other in-house social media management roles within various companies. But ultimately, the problem would be when I was applying 
was it wasn't where I wanted to live. They were all Auckland based. I wanted to move to Dunedin. I wanted to work remotely. And that was where I really started thinking, maybe I need to start my own business. Maybe I need to do this. I need to create the work environment that I want to suit my life. And again, I started thinking about if I just pivot into marketing, like, yeah, that sounds exciting, but am I just going to have that same lack of fulfillment that I do in my current corporate job? Like, is it actually the job? Is it the work I'm doing? Or is it the working environment? Is it the corporate culture? Is it, you know, having to go to an office every day? Is it that, you know, nine to six structure? What do I actually want? I want more holidays. I want to be able to work and travel. I want to be able to travel and, you know, work from Europe and all of these crazy ideas that are so funny because they seemed like completely impossible in 2018. And now that's literally my reality, having worked from the UK this year. I started following a few online coaches, um, Erin May Henry, Ruby Lee were kind of like the big influences for me, um, Latasha James. So a few people from Australia, a few people from the US. At the time, there was like no one doing this in New Zealand. I think eventually by the time I got to like 2019, I remember a former blogging friend of mine, Christine, was doing freelance work and I remember meeting her for dinner one night to chat through her and hear about her experience. But other than that, I couldn't, I, I kind of struggled to see people living the life that I wanted to, apart from some of these overseas international coaches. And that was when I really started to see that I could work in marketing and that I could do it myself and that I could design the life that I wanted, that I could have unlimited travel, that I could work from Dunedin where my partner lived, that I could just have this flexibility that I craved that I knew I wasn't going to get anywhere else. But again, it's terrifying. It's so terrifying to take that leap of faith in yourself. So I always say, and I'm so grateful for that relationship now. And now that I have this hindsight um, after that relationship ended, I know that without it, I wouldn't be where I am today, which is so crazy to think about. And I'm so grateful for that experience because it did. It gave me that accountability to be like, okay, I'm so scared, but we've got to pursue this. And I remember so vividly, it was Christmas, no, not Christmas Eve. It was New Year's Eve, 2018, when I had had enough. It's like, I am not going to be sitting here on New Year's Eve, 2019, working at that job. I was like, I'm going to have a business. And there was just this fire. And this is why I still to this day love New Year's and I love New Year goals because there's just this energy that again will give you that little bit of extra spicy motivation to push you over the line. For me, it was the relationship, wanting to work remotely, but then it was that new year energy that I was like, I can change my life. I have the power to do this and I'm going to make it happen. So I sent off some pitches to some local businesses and I started working for free with two businesses. I did basically just shot some content for them and made like a content calendar. I didn't actually do the posting for them. But that was enough. That was enough to give me a taste of the life that I wanted. And during that time, I actually went on a trip to Italy with my friend Alex. I've talked about this a lot as well in previous podcast episodes. But that was a pivotal moment for me as well. Two pivotal moments. This was the first one um, overseas in Italy. Realizing that I could travel and I could take photos and create social media content for clients. And that people wanted to work for me. Granted, it was for free. <laughs> but I saw a little window of opportunity. And I was like, this is it. This is my business. I'm going to create content for social media for local businesses. Once I got back from Italy, 
I signed up for a group coaching program to learn more about running an online business. At that stage, there were no courses on social media management, which is exactly why I made the Dishing Up Digital School because it was exactly what I wanted when I was starting out. But back then there was nothing, 2019. So I did an online group coaching program about running an online business and it was run by an Australian coach and it was the biggest investment ever. It was $800. I was terrified. It was a lot of money for me, especially as someone who's like a big saver and doesn't like to spend on those kind of things or used to. That was my old money mindset. And I remember making that investment. And again, it was the accountability that I needed. When you buy a course or a coaching program or hire a coach, you know that you need to make that money back. So I was like, let's go. Let's freaking go. By this point, it was February, February, end of February. So I'd been, I'd made the decision New Year's Eve. I'd contacted businesses. I went away for four weeks to Italy while I worked on that free content. And then March was the first month where I was like, let's go, baby. This is the business and we're going to make it work. And I made a three-month plan to quit my job. March, I was going to make $2,000. I mean, no, sorry. March, I was going to make $1,000. April, I was going to make $2,000. May, I was going to make $3,000, which would surpass my corporate salary. And then I was going to quit. I had it all spelled out. I was ready. I was ready to go. And I started by cold pitching in businesses. This is how I started booking my first paid clients. So I would put my own posts up in business groups, local community groups, and I would also contact people that I found in those groups. I would find people posting about social media, certain questions, and then I would find their website, send them an email and be like, hey, I noticed you had some questions about social media. These are my packages. And I'd you know, send a whole pitch. We can do a whole episode on pitching, but that's not the point of today's story. If you want to learn more about pitching, um, definitely come along to one of my free webinars or one of my free trainings, which I'll link down below. I was relentless in the way that I went about cold pitching. And this is the exact strategy that I teach my students. It's advertising yourself in Facebook groups. It's networking with people. It's reaching out. It's being really proactive. I did not start an Instagram page. I did not make a website. I did not have a fancy email address. I just started with my good old Hotmail address that I'd had forever and just really focused on connecting and networking with people. And I didn't sit around waiting for clients to come to me. I went and found clients myself. That is the biggest lesson that I could teach any new or aspiring social media manager. And sure enough, by the end of March, I had hit my milestone and made a thousand New Zealand dollars. That was crazy to me. I know that was my dream. That was the big goal that I'd set at the beginning of the month, but I couldn't actually believe that I'd achieved it. And it was a lot of money to me. Like that was a lot of cash to have generated. And I did that by booking a handful of clients doing content creation, various packages from 200 to I think about 350 New Zealand dollars. And then I also had some deposits of people who were paying for the following month. So it was a way for me to build up some good cash to reach my goals, but not over overwhelm myself with too many clients in my first month of work because I knew I had to build up to that. I think at that point, I also took on one person who was like full content creation and social media management. And then one of my free clients wanted me to do the social media management and they paid me $200 for that after doing their free work, which is crazy to me that I charged $200 for that. But it all added up to $1,000 in the end and I was super, super stoked with that. And the next month I put in the hustle again and this is a key business lesson as well. 
once you have locked in your contracts for the current month, keep pitching and keep pushing for new clients for the month, the next month, the month ahead. So you're always forward thinking and you're not just getting stuck on clients in the current month or else you end up suddenly you're already into, you know, April and you have no clients and there's no payments coming through. So it was just a constant process in that first three months of just clients, 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 working with as many people as possible. And I was working with lots of local businesses. So sometimes they only wanted to work with me for a month or they just wanted to do a short training session or they wanted a content creation package and then they'd use that for three months rather. So sometimes it wasn't super regular people, but I did manage to get around two people who were regular monthly clients. I managed to sign someone, I believe it was in the second month, so in April, I signed someone on for like a three-month package and gave them a discount for signing a three signing a three-month contract, which was awesome. So for me, it was like this snowball effect of just building the business, building momentum. And every time I got more clients, I could use those testimonials. I could use those examples. I could put them in my portfolio, which made me more and more attractive. And slowly, I started increasing my prices as well. Now, this is all side hustling. (laughs) I'm hoping you guys picked up on that. I didn't say that in the beginning. I was still working in my current job. So it's balancing it on the side. Um outside uh, work hours, you know, after work, after five o'clock, during my lunch breaks, all of that kind of stuff. And eventually, I think when I got to like April or May was actually when my landlord tried to increase my rent. I was in an apartment in the city, which was like a desperate grab for me to um, just, you know, try and make my life better. I'd moved in there in like October, November 2018. And I was like, yes, I'm just going to move into this apartment. It's going to make life better. and I'm going to love my job. Spoiler alert, didn't work. And so I'd found out then that he was increasing my rent and it was a ridiculous amount and it was just completely unfair. And I couldn't afford it, to be honest. Like I couldn't afford it. I was going to just blow my budget. I was already spending like something ridiculous, like 70% of my income on rent. But I wanted the experience and I'm really glad that I did. And it was quite cool to be able to start my business in that little apartment in the city. But basically, I had a decision to make. Was I going to continue with the expensive rent and just, you know, take that money out of my business maybe? Or was I actually going to be serious about my goal to quit my job? So that was when I said to my parents, look, I'm going to move home. They're like, yep, sure, no worries, help you move home, blah, blah, blah. And I'm very lucky that I have very supportive parents. What I did next was that I prepared them a presentation, a presentation for the plans for my business. I was so scared to tell my family that I wanted to leave my job because it did feel like I was turning my back on, you know, this secure income, this really great job, all of these opportunities and going out and starting my own business was the risky alternative and it was scary. And I knew particularly like my mom was super proud of my job and like probably a lot of your parents, you guys can probably relate. They want you to have that stable income. And I think, I mean, at the end of the day, it's just parents wanting the best for their kids, isn't it? And, you know, self-employment also seems scary to your parents. So I put together a whole presentation with like financial forecasts, how I was going to make money, how much I'd made so far. And I was so nervous. I remember I took my parents out for dinner and we had like one last, last night in the city while I was in my apartment And I waited right until like the very end of dinner when they're like, okay, time to go home. I was like, wait, I have something to show you and tell you. So I ended up giving them this like full slide deck presentation because I was so nervous. And my dad's reaction was still hilarious. I still remember. He was just immediately like, 
yes, I was just telling your mom that you should do this the other day. Because I'd obviously been kind of warming them up, telling them about my side hustle, being like, hey, I made $1,000 doing this this month. My dad had been watching and he was like, this is such a good business idea. Look at what she's doing. So I was very lucky that my dad was super supportive. Obviously, they were nervous, um, but really happy that I had the support of my parents there. So I moved back home with the conscious decision of let's reduce my expenses, move back home so that I can focus on really scaling up my business. And so that when I quit my job, I have a few less expenses and, you know, I don't have to be paying a ridiculous amount of rent on apartment. Um, my parents made like an agreement with me where I was only paying rent um, whenever I paid off my student loan. So I ended up paying off my student loan that year and then started paying rent. But obviously your parents are way nicer and they don't charge you, you know, the same rate as an apartment in the city. <laughs> so expenses were lower. I was working towards that goal. I was working towards that ultimate goal of leaving my job. I was preparing myself. But at the end of the day, I was still terrified and I still didn't really believe I could do it. I could see all my clients. I could see the income coming in. But in May, my goal was to make $3,000 and I didn't hit it. I think from memory, I got to like two and a half thousand or 2,600 and I could never hit the 3,000 as the months went on. And I kind of had this goal of like, I can only quit once I've surpassed my corporate salary, which I think was around $2,800, $2,900. I can't quite remember, but I wasn't cracking it. I wanted to hit that 3000 and just be like, boom, now I can quit. And the months went on and I was talking to more and more people, my friends, telling them about the business. Everyone was so proud of me. Everyone was going, you should quit, Alan, you should quit. And I just couldn't do it. I was so scared. And I don't think you understand this feeling unless you've gone, gone through it yourself of that you know, turning your back on the, the corporate job, the cushy salary, the regular salary and going out on your own as a freelancer into this world of the unknown. And it took me months to grapple with that idea. And I'd been talking with my colleagues at that point. I had a couple of colleagues who were also leaving and they were just like, do it, do it, do it. So that was really good to have that accountability as well. And I remember the turning point. Now, remember, I've talked about my relationship at the time throughout this this kind of uh, episode and the long distance and the part that that played. And again, this is why that relationship was so important to me in my journey because it was the final trigger, the final motivation. And funnily enough, it was actually an argument with my boyfriend at the time. <laughs> so again, I was complaining. And to be fair, like I don't know how all my friends and family put up with me just complaining about my job nonstop, wanting to quit, but not doing it. And it was just one particular night where my boyfriend over the phone, just like, you know, his trigger went. He's like, you keep complaining and you're never quitting your job, Alan. Like you are in control of this. You can change your life and you're not doing it. And I got so mad at him. I was like, how dare you talk to me like this? And maybe I should have been a little bit of a red flag past Alan. But again, these things all happen for a reason. And that was the, that was what I needed at that time. And I stopped, I stopped talking to him no texts and just like disappeared off the face of the earth and basically said, I'm going to quit tomorrow. I wrote out my resignation letter, printed it out, put it in an envelope and I was like, I'm resigning. And it was almost just to prove my boyfriend wrong, which is hilarious, right? He was like, you can't do it. You can't quit. You've been talking about this for months and you're not doing it. And I was like, ah, fine, I will quit. I'll prove you wrong. I can do it. And it was just what I needed, just what I needed to bite the bullet. 
So I went into work that day and I told one of my colleagues, I was like, I'm going to resign today. She's like, oh my God, this is so exciting. And I'm so glad that I did that because then someone else knew in the office and she kept checking in on me. And once again, I waited till the last possible moment. I think it was like 4.30 on a Friday and my boss is about to leave. Like everyone else had left the office. And I asked if I could speak to her. And I walked in with that white envelope. And I remember one of my other colleagues who was still in the office said to me afterwards when my resignation was announced, she was like, I knew you'd resigned. I saw you lurking with a white envelope on a Friday afternoon. And I was like, yep, guilty. (laughs) And this whole time, my boyfriend had been texting me being like, are you okay? Are you resigning? Like texting me, I was just ignoring him. To the point that he messaged my, my sister and was like, have you heard from Ellen today? She's like, no, why? He's like, I think she's quitting her job. And everyone's like freaking out. And I was just having this moment to myself where I was like, you can do this, Ellen. And I was shaking. I cried a little bit, <laughs> ending in my resignation, but I did it. And that was the beginning of it all. Finally, just biting the bullet and doing it. I remember my mum picked me up from the bus stop. How was work, Ellen? I was like, I resigned. And she was just like, oh my God, I had no idea you were actually doing this. You were doing this. And I'm like, I've been telling you about this for months, mum. She's like, I didn't know you were actually going to do it. Like, oh, it's all happened so quickly. And, you know, there was this kind of panic from everyone around me when I started telling them. I'm like, oh my God, she's done it. Like, she's talked about this for so long, but she's actually doing it. And even now talking about this gets me so happy and excited because it was a big moment for me. And I decided on eight weeks notice um, with my boss because it gave them more time to fill my position. And, you know, I still really liked my boss and respected her and wanted to leave on good terms and everything. So we had an eight week notice period. During that time was another big turning point for me. And that was where my relationship fell apart and from my side of the story it was you know from my perspective I didn't see it coming so I felt really blindsided but in hindsight the really beautiful thing about that relationship and why I just have so much respect and gratitude for it now is because it got me to exactly where I needed to be through the process of starting the side hustle through the process of handing in my resignation and two weeks before I was meant to launch the business, that relationship ended in a very dramatic and ugly way, in a way that completely stripped me down to the lowest point ever in my life. I felt completely worthless and I really questioned whether I was going to start the business. Somehow I managed to find a little fire inside me to go through with it. You know, my boss had actually come back and said, hey, Ellen, do you want your old job back? And I was like, oh, mm." Maybe I should, you know, I'm not feeling too good right now. I don't know that I want to start this business, but something inside me was like, no, we've got to see this through. And the most beautiful part of this all was I did do it and I did it on my own and I needed to do it on my own. I so believe that now looking back on my life and back on the past four years, I had the relationship to get me where I needed to be, to get me to the point of no return, (laughs) to the edge. And then It was just beautiful for myself, for my own personal development, especially coming through such that a low point through that breakup to prove to myself that I could do things on my own. Like I had been in that relationship for seven and a half years, seven and a half years since I was 16. That was such a long time. 
I didn't know how to stand by myself. I didn't even know what food I liked, what music I liked, because everything had just been merged into this relationship. And I needed to prove to myself and show myself that I could do something on my own, that I was strong enough, that I was brave enough to not just do any old thing, to launch a freaking business. And I always talk about how that was a really pivotal moment for me because it made me realize how I'd been doing so much or spending so much time on my side hustle and neglecting a lot of my personal relationships and also my own mental health. And that was the turning point for me in terms of realizing my business was all about balance. It was a lifestyle business and I never wanted to get to that point again. And that was when in my first month of business, I flew off to Bali. I went to a woman's retreat. It was incredible. Escape haven in Bali. If you ever need a retreat, amazing. And I made like no money that month. I had some couple of contracts that were rolling over. A couple of people that inquired through like old Facebook posts, but I didn't do any active pitching. I just had to relax. And I think this is so important. This is something that I've kept up in my business to this day, having seasons in business. I had the seasons where I was super busy. I was cold pitching. I was going crazy. I was building the side hustle. And then I had a season of peace and rest, a bit of a reset, time to myself, time to enjoy the fruits of my labor as well. And then I went back into a busy season and this is exactly what I do now in my business. Like I'm having a really busy season at the moment, setting up my new business. We're doing the social media manager summit in August, all these exciting things. September, I'm away. I'm going to Singapore. I'm going to Berlin. I'm going to Frankfurt. I'm going to Switzerland and then I'm going to Cape Town and then I'm going to Kruger Park. It's going to be incredible. September, the slow month, the slow season where I get to chill and enjoy still doing a little bit of work, taking my laptop with me. But this is what I mean by seasons. So coming back to my journey to the 5k month, it was the side hustle. But to break to 5k, to break even like 3k, I knew that I had to quit my job and open up my schedule. And this is a lesson for you guys. If you're on the fence about quitting, if you want to get to the 5k months, I really believe to do it in a sustainable way, you can't be working another job. I know there's some people who say, yeah, you can get to 5K in a month and do it as a side hustle. But I truly believe to be an excellent social media manager, both on like your client side and also your side in terms of balance and living a good life, you need to be doing it full time to get to the 5K milestone. So for me, that happened in January 2020. That was huge. That was really exciting month. That was when I went big on cold pitching. And that January and February was actually the last time, 2020, that I sent cold pitches. I went big from there on my own personal marketing. And now clients come find me, dream clients come to me, which is amazing. But again, the hustle to get to 5k was all about building my client base and my network. 5k to 10k was then about the marketing. It was about the revenue streams, all of that good stuff, which I feel like is another another episode for another day. But for you guys wanting to the, get to the 5k months, that was my journey to get there. And as I said, it was a journey. Take a shot. <laughs> um, but I'm really proud of that journey. And I th- honestly think you know, it's, it's one thing for me to scale from 10K to 20K months, this year 20K to 30K months, and probably by the end of the, end of the year, hoping to hit a 40 and 50K month. But the zero to 5K, that is the hardest. That is where you have the biggest challenges, the biggest personal tests, the biggest personal growth. And that is where 
I probably I'll, I'll never be that terrified again. Although actually scratch that. <laughs> I've been that terrified when I started my new business, McKenzie Studios. Which was also why I wanted to record today's episode because I've been thinking a lot about my journey starting a business as I've started a second one and done the whole thing from scratch, gone through the whole terrifying experience of telling people and launching something new and people asking you, oh, is this going to make money? All of that kind of stuff. It really reminded me of those early days. And it truly does feel like though that first journey to 5K is the hardest, but it's the most rewarding. And once you crack that, you're never going back. Like I could never go back to a corporate job. I freaking love what I do and I'm so grateful every day. And before this episode gets too long, I'm going to wrap it up here. But let me know, slide into my Instagram DMs and tell me if you would like a part two on scaling to 10 and 20K months as a social media manager, as I'd love to talk about that. And like almost like a two-parter to my journey because obviously we've only got up to 2020 here. (laughs) So let me know if you guys would love to hear that. And without all other way, I'm going to wrap up today's episode and I'll catch you in the next one. Bye guys.